That's some new music from the Lumineers called Brightside. I should probably dive into a Lumineers rabbit hole. I don't know if I've ever listened to like a whole album's worth of stuff. Mm. They're pretty good though, and the songs that I have heard. Are you a fan of uh, Lumineers, Bundus? these kinds of bands. Really? Like Mumford and Sons, so like? Lumineers. I hate all that stuff. What What don't you like? This reminds me of Vancouver Hippies. I hate it. I it's hate it. Vancouver, Vancouver Hippies. hippies. Yeah, I hate them. They make the best granola. What are you talking about? I hate hippies. <laughs> I hate hippies. But Maura's, you work with a hippie. Maura's a hippie. I'm not a hippie. She makes her I'm own. She literally makes her own granola. It's that, so I mean, good. does it get any more hippie than that? It's when so she, good. When she had her daughter harvest, she had like the placenta cooked and turned into like powder and pills in her own home. At a natural home birth, She delivered man. her baby in her shower <laughs> over her house. That doesn't get any hippier than that. I can't believe you don't think I'm a hippie. I'm slightly okay. insulted. Okay. Actually. You're, you're actually more like a real hippie than than. Oh, oh. like a poser. Hippie, you don't like poser hippie. Yeah, no. Laura's a bit of a poser hippie. Oh, she also drives, she drives I like, ate my I, placenta yeah, with but my bare hands. But she drives a pickup truck that has a Hemi engine that's, in it. That's, that's, that's not it. That's ah. a bit of a contradiction. That's true. Yeah. That's more my husband who got that. I, I, w- <laughs> I would have refrained from any sort of car. Did you need the Hemi? Did you really need to have a V8? I didn't even know what a Hemi was. <laughs> Remember I came in, you're like, did you get the Hemi one? And I'm like, I don't know. Did I? You tell me. Yeah, you I to look it up on the receipt. I'm like, yeah, it says H E M I. It's a Hemi. Yeah. So contradictions in everybody's life, right? What's not to like about hippies? I just can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand hippies. That's such a generalization. It really is. I don't like most people, to be honest with you. That's oh, true. That's okay. true. Well, that's different. I don't even like myself. So, uh, do you even? Come like, on do you now. like us? Like, where, where do we fit into that? I feel like uh, if you were to not know <laughs> us, you probably wouldn't like us. No, you guys are cool. I mean, I know you though. I, it's hard to like. Um, it's hard to take preconceived notions out of somebody once you know them. Mm. You yeah. Mm. All right. Totally. Yeah. You can get past all our hippiness and our, well, Mora's hippiness and my uptight analness mm. or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like, everybody's got something. I mean, I have things that are, that I'm sure that I would hate if I looked at me on the street. I'd be like, I hate this guy too, you know? Wow. You don't like people at all, really. <laughs> it's weird. I don't like people, but I uh, I'm also, I, I also love people at the same time. I have moments of, like, complete... Um, compassion and empathy for people in certain situations and then i can be super cold in other moments i don't know why i'm like that yeah you're the you're the person where if i uh, like if it was a number of years ago i'd probably say to my friends you know he's a good guy when you get to know him like they, they, <laughs> if you're at a party yeah, yeah, they, yeah. you'd probably be like why who's the fucking guy over there in the corner he's all like uh you know brooding. sullen and brooding yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like oh he's actually a really good guy which generally I hate when people say that about people. Oh, he's a good guy when you get to know him. I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to. Why would I take work. the time yeah. to like get to know someone before they turn out to be a good guy? I yeah. wish you were just like a good guy out of the gate. But I guess uh, you know. I, look, right out of the gate, you were a good guy, but we were forced totally. into a relationship with you. 
We liked you from the get-go, from yep. day one. From day yeah. one, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I might look. actually like you less now than I did from the beginning. It's possible. <laughs> no, no. And it's funny, too, because your position is um, a tricky one in that if there was anything that drove us nuts about you, it would be heightened because we're in a room, usually in a tiny studio together. And sure, if they're, yeah. you know, like idiosyncrasies can become huge. Yeah, I mean, uh, I try to to just I don't know, how does it sound I try to say, I try to know my place is what I I guess I'm trying to say and you tone down some of the things that might be abrasive to other people and because this situation is forced and we all have to be together so yeah I mean like you you should always be aware of your surroundings whether it's at work whether it's on a date whether it's in a restaurant or whether it's you know you're living in a condo and you have an asshole neighbor that likes to party on that like you should just always be aware of your, yes. your surroundings yeah, people yeah. around you and how you're affecting other people yes. yeah sometimes I'll catch myself in a moment where uh, we're a, a big group and I'll just be like oh Tucker shut up you're getting a little too loud yeah you know what i mean and i don't mean just volume i mean like you know just like oh, passionate about what we're talking about and i'll just be like ah this is uh, I'm, I'm too much for somebody right now i bet yeah you know that's good self-awareness for i sure. try and be self-aware but uh, you know weed and alcohol tends to strip that from you <laughs> and so like every now and then you have to almost have like a moment where you, you, you say to yourself okay am i being too much right now or am i okay I'm sure for somebody, somebody, I'm always too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but you know what? If, if you work in a close environment like we do, one person can kill the room yep. so easily. Yes. And I've been there mm-hmm. where you have somebody on a team and you're just like, wow, you can suck the life out of this room in a moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily that doesn't happen too often with us. I'm sure we all are guilty of it in some capacity at some point, but mm-hmm. you know. I think humans are like, no matter who you are. It's hard to be perfect. It's hard to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. And you're always going to get passionate about some sort of topic. You might cross a line, but like, as long as you're generally aware of your surroundings and who you're with and what you're saying, like you can kind of dial it back, you know, just try not to be an asshole a hundred percent of the time and you should be able to get through life. Speaking of people who are not aware mm-hmm. of their surroundings, I was at um, a park the other day with my daughter and she was playing and it was time to go. So I said, you know, a little bit loudly cause she was on the other side of the park harvest time to go. And a kid who was like in between the two of us, but within earshot of me and Harvest, sneered at her name. She's like, Harvest? That kid's name is Harvest. Really? Yeah. And in that moment, I chose to ignore her. But I feel like I would have, I should have taken that moment with pink shirt day and anti-bullying and just to turn around and be like, yeah, this is Harvest. What's your name? Oh, nice, yeah. Nice and to then what meet are you, gonna you. Do? Oh, yeah. You and my you name is been Laura. Like, do you, you have be- something funny to say about that? <laughs> you know, just to be like, yeah. Wait, is there a problem? But I just let her sneer and get away with it. Like you can't. You can't. Uh, did you ever do anything when you overheard a kid do something no, negative? You can't, you can't uh, educate another kid. You can't do that. You'd be overstepping your bounds. I'm not talking about educating her. No, I'm just but saying, even, like, yeah, even addressing harvest. it, even addressing it would be a ve- you putting yourself in a very <laughs> difficult situation oh, because really? the other parent is going to be pissed at you chances are even if they agree with you they're mm. going to be like don't you fucking talk to my kid about anything <laughs> people are very defensive when it comes to their kids and so unless it's like a close friend of yours kid mm-hmm. even then 
it's challenging. Yeah. But if you know the parent and you said, oh, yes, that's her name. And it's, you know, like it's everyone has unique names and some are more common than others. <laughs> I mean, you kind of had to be aware that that was going to happen, though, when you name your kid like something unique, right? That it's going to stand out to some people. Yeah. But like we come from a city of a million unique names. Like how many kids have unique names in a city like Toronto? Like you're telling me that that's a unique name? Like every kid has a unique name. Please. Come on. Wow. Well, not really. Not, not every really. Kid, not every kid. Yeah, a lot of saying. kids. Yeah. yeah if you name your kid Emma like we did, <laughs> that was not a unique name. And there's like five Emmas in every classroom across Canada. And, uh, you know, that's a name that people are just... It We're goes downtown in, Toronto yeah. in a downtown Toronto park. Leaving yeah. an extremely multicultural school. Yeah, but you've <laughs> literally chosen a name that I've never heard before or used as a name. Yeah. So that's going to happen with kids. Kids are cruel. And, they, uh, and if you name, you give your kid a name that no one has ever heard of before, mm-hmm. that door is opened up now that people are going to be like, oh, like it's going to catch their attention. Yeah. One way or another. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You, get you know, I'm sure if Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> and Chris Martin had the same, you know, uh, when you name your kid Apple. Mm-hmm. When your kid's named Apple, then chances are at some point there's going to be a kid in the playground going, oh, that kid's name's Apple. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'll just tell you, you, you made the right decision by not talking to that kid. Oh, yeah. I just some, ignored Someone him. would get their back up and it'd be like, oh, I would have handled too. it really sweetly, though. Yeah. You know? Even still. I remember when I was younger getting yelled at by, like, other parents. Different. Like, I, I guess it is, but I, yeah. I guess that's my that's my question is when did that change where like if me and my buddy, if I was at my buddy's house and we were screwing around being dicks, his mom would yell at me <laughs> just as much as she would yell at him. Right. Yeah, um, but if you're under their care, that's different. If you were at a park, okay, playing with your buddy and uh, and you let's say uh, you swore you did something, if some adult you didn't know came in and tried to teach you a lesson that probably still wouldn't have gone over well uh say like your dad was in the distance watching it maybe maybe your dad's not not, you know you know people it's like there's a there has been a shift like now it's like the teacher when i when i was a kid the teacher would call home and be like oh your son was being an asshole in class and my parents would go to me and be like why are you being an asshole in the class (laughs) you asshole whatever (laughs) now you know parents are like oh well why is my kid being an asshole in your class what environment are you setting up for my kid that's turned him into an Mm. asshole like there is a lack of accountability Mm. uh with that but also i i do think that like it's a really difficult situation to put yourself in if you're going to try and educate some kid you don't know Mm-hmm. People won't take kindly to that. <laughs> yeah. Just a Almost little simple, uh, yeah, this is Harvest and I'm Mora. What's your name? Just to like be like, you know. Even talking. When you rip on someone, we can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> be yeah. careful when you're ripping on someone. Does Harvest, um, does she bring it up like ever after no. that moment? Is she like, oh, that person thinks my name is, uh, you know, is laughing at my name or whatever the scenario no. is? She hasn't, uh, no, she has never said anything about her name, like bothering her or like ca- causing some unwanted attention. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it's probably coming one day. One day. And you just, <laughs> you know, you, that's where you'll have a conversation with her and you'll be like, you have a name that like very few people have. You're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got to come up with some sick burns to fire back, you know? Right. Yeah. we got to f- load her up with some burns. You're yeah. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> sure, Julia. And that seven you uh, seven of you on the bus ride home. Loser. Loser. You fucking don't stand out, Julia. 
<laughs> go fucking get a name change, Julia. Holy shit, who knew Bundus was the guy to go through for burns? Yeah. I'll be like, hold on, Harvest. Let me just say? call Bundus. We'll get some burns. What would you say if, you're, uh, if your last name's Tucker? Okay, and that's like the obvious burn there is like, oh, hey, Scott Fucker. Hey, fucker. <laughs> okay, so what do you say in that situation? Because that was like the obvious burn that would come my way. As a kid. That would have been like, yeah, I fucked your mom or something like that. If someone was calling me <laughs> fucker. fucker. You know why they call me fucker? Because <laughs> I, fucked, I fucked your whole family. You <laughs> <laughs> might even be your dad, you fucking idiot. <laughs> You're actually my son. <laughs> Tucker the fucker. That's great. Yeah, man. I would have been like all about fucking you- my balls in your mom's ass when I fucked her really? sideways. Shit like that. Yeah. I would have said the worst things, man. Would you have been age seven? Seven or eight? Disturbing! What? I don't know if I even knew what real fucking was when I was like, you know, when that name was being tossed my way for the first time. (laughs) You poor thing. (laughs) Your big brother must have had some lines for you, though. Didn't your your brother or sister have some, like, comebacks you could use? He was the one who called me fucker. (laughs) 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 No, I know. My brother taught me nothing in terms Ah. of how to retort. Yeah, you, you can't use those back to your brother, though. That's a problem. You can't be like, you fucked your yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of those work. That would not work. <laughs> well, what did you say when like uh, that kid was calling you Moron Queerson? Mora? Like, did you, uh, or they called ah. you Moron instead of Mora? I, ju- I would just laugh along, you know. I, w- I wouldn't, like, have a comeback for that person. You definitely, the best way to get past something like that is just to pretend it doesn't bother you. Because yes. if, it, if people see that it bothers you, it's, you're done. You're done, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that name didn't, like, pick up momentum. It was really just, like, one guy, one jackass who used to call me that all the time. Yeah. So. But moron never came up? That wasn't something that, like, another person uh, threw at you? Um, I mean, he he had it going a little bit, maybe in, like, grade seven. But, I mean, it wasn't, like, a big thing, no. I think that's more of, like, uh, maybe a bro thing, you know? Like, if it was in Bundes' circle... Yeah, it it wouldn't go away as much, but I feel like name uh, making fun of people's names is <laughs> name razzing. Yeah, I feel like that's more of like not to be you know making a generalization, but I feel like it's more of a guy thing than a girl thing. I would have been like, "Good for you." Does your mommy call you that at home all the time? Is that the only word you know how to come up with? Like, <laughs> you know. Like, look for you, look at you. You gotta rip people, yeah, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Moron, you want to know why I'm not a moron? Because I fucked your mother. (laughs) (laughs) What? Now I'm going to the principal's office. I'm just trying to learn from Bundes' example. (laughs) It's pretty good. Well, I'm sorry your daughter is catching some heat. But again, you were the only one who was offended by it. So Yeah, she didn't bring it up. We just kept on walking, held our heads high. So it was all good. What do you think Matt would do? Matt's such a nice guy, but he's a big. He's dude. pretty low key. Yeah, he, he's, path he's of, yeah, he's not starting a no. life lesson for some kid he doesn't know. No, uh. no, he's super chill. Well, back to the hippie music. <laughs> I never thought of this as hippie music. Why is this hippie music? This is like the stereotypical hipster. This is like the. The chicks that go to Coachella with their like 
you know, big brim hats. Like, they Morris, put, like, like Morris big brim hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I love my brim hat. And they're like city slicker girls with like daddy's money, but they go to Coachella pretending to be like, you know, hippie-like. Uh. And they listen to bands like the Lumineers and Mumford and Sons. <laughs> but they get there in a BMW paid for by the, uh, you know, like. Okay. Okay. Nice. We got the Daily Take Two. It's coming up next. Are you having trouble falling asleep? We've all been there the night where you're just tossing and turning and you can't, you can't fall asleep. There is a military trick that can help you fall asleep in two minutes. And, you know, you think about the military, sometimes they're sleeping in those rooms where there's like, what, 80 bunk beds? Bundes thinks he knows exactly what you're going to talk about. Well, I have tried a military sleep trick before. I don't know if this is the exact same one that you're going to say. Oh, yeah. But um, you ever sleep in a ditch <laughs> in a rainstorm, Bundes, <laughs> where the rain's pounding down on you? No. And you you got to catch some Z's before we do a whole march the next day? No, ma'am. Well, let me hear what your trick is. Uh, okay, well, this trick was... What, what, what the, this drill sergeant said was to lie still and then to focus on each part of your body and calm it down and move all the way down from your head to your toes. Oh, yeah, smarty pants! <laughs> drill sergeant Mora. <laughs> Is that what you think, that's what That's what he told me, ma'am. <laughs> well, you are an absolute idiot. <laughs> I don't want to hear words you have to say anymore. You're going to drop it. You're going to give me 20 right now, boy. Yes, ma'am. One, two, three. I got a bunch of smarty pants in the trench today, don't I? <laughs> I'm losing my voice. <laughs> you know what? He's right. He's totally right. <laughs> but he's trying to undermine me, and I'm in charge here. I don't think drill sergeants ever say that. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll back down. I think that's it. You can shut the hell up, Bundes. <laughs> Here's what it is, okay? Okay, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you're right. And, you know, they use this in meditation all the time. It's the same thing. They must know, though, because they got to sleep in weird places. Yeah. Okay, so the four steps. Number one. You can, you can do this sitting upright. If you have to sleep on a plane, they say, no matter where you are, you can do this. Put both feet flat on the ground if you're seated. And then if you're lying, just relax. Take slow breaths. Focus on relaxing every muscle in your face, like your cheeks, your mouth, your jaw. Your jaw is so important. And then relax your upper body. Especially that dominant side, you know, you're right-handed. Let it go. And then you do your lower body. And then the fourth step is you clear yeah, it worked. It worked. I did it. I didn't say do it now. Get up. Get up. I didn't say do it now. I said do it tonight. Okay. Okay. You had me asleep there. If you make it to step number four. Yeah. You clear your mind, boy! And you focus on your breathing! And then you should be fine, okay? 
<laughs> now get out there and do a drill. Yes, drill, Sergeant Mora. <laughs> it's Tucker and Mora. If the revelations are true, Britney Spears' dad, Jamie, is a bigger creep than you thought he was. And I saw the framing Britney Spears doc. So did I. And I thought, yeah, he seems like a bit of a creep for sure. Yeah, controlling dude who is definitely trying to, uh, you know... Make uh, make himself rich mm-hmm. off uh, his daughter's hard work. Mm-hmm. New documentary coming out called Controlling Britney Spears. Not to be confused with Framing Britney Spears. Okay, so this is a whole new one. Yeah, I, okay. don't, know, I don't know where we're going to get it in Canada. It's a Hulu documentary, and Hulu is one of those things where if it, uh, someone will pick it up probably Okay, for us. But um, there's some pretty shocking revelations on just how closely Jamie Spears was uh, watching Britney. A lot of this information is coming from a guy who used to work for a security firm called Black Box. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess uh, that company was hired by Jamie to spy on Britney. Really? And so if, if the allegations are true... Uh, allegedly, they set up an encryption system on her mobile device mm-hmm. so that Jamie would be able to see all emails and or texts that she sent or received on her phone. So all the communication. That's terrible. All that. I mean, already that's like, okay, that's too much. Yeah. So yeah. he could see everything, even if she was complaining about him. Yeah. I also read somewhere like he could see if she was talking to her lawyer. So she's sending an email to her lawyer. Yeah. About wanting to get her dad out of the conservatorship, he would have already known about yes. that. Yes, he would have been able to like uh, plan his defense or yes. his strategy based on all the inside information that he was collecting from her. Oh my God. But also, apparently, this is where it gets like really, I don't even know why as a dad you'd want to do this. It's so awful. But uh, the claim is that Jamie set up some kind of listening device in Brittany's bedroom to record. Uh, you this know, is not the family house. This no. is her place, yeah. right? With her children. And so, like, I, I, I don't know if uh, he was trying to keep tabs on, like, what was happening with her sexual relationships or if it was just a room and she had conversations in that room with her lawyers or team or whatever and he just wanted to be privy to those conversations. But... I mean, that's like, it's pretty awful. That's dark. Olenka just sent us a text. Yeah. She said she was able to watch the documentary over the weekend. She found a version, a version on YouTube. Okay. And she says, it is crazy. It's like The Handmaid's Tale. I bet you when it comes to like divorce and stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of that happens. Mm-hmm. And and the equipment is not difficult to get. I mean, you could literally, uh, I, you know, I know there's software where you could install it on your uh, network and then you can see what everyone in the house is typing and what's coming in and out. What? Every keystroke of computers. Oh, oh yeah. God. I mean, Bundes, don't you have a spy cam for uh, the, uh, in case people are uh, from the condo board are coming up into your unit? Don't uh, you set up a camera? Yeah, there's a camera in my, in my condo and uh, whenever I'm not home and like, for whatever reason, some maintenance is going on, like they're doing like a service on the furnace or something like that. The yeah. filter, uh, you know, I'll, and I get the notification on my phone that there's motion detected. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll turn it on, watch, make sure nothing untoward is happening. Um, Do you feel weird when you're watching it back, though? No, because they're in my place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, and they they don't live there, right? Right. Like, it's yeah. not like I... I um, was there something that led you to want to do this? Was there like a moment where something had happened 
where you thought to yourself, God, I don't remember that drawer being left open or, or something. Mm. My underwear seems to be in a different uh, area, you know, like, <laughs> like somebody had been snooping or no, nothing specific like that. Like I had it for moment one when I moved into the place. Okay, uh, so it's just a general mistrust, mistrust in people, people and humans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that led you down the road. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's cool because it does have a little feature where I can talk through it. So yes. like on my phone, I can hit a button. I can be like, "Hey, don't touch that!" What the hell? Oh, what are you doing? That's not the furnace filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't open that drawer. <laughs> Tucker and Moron. Turns out, if the allegations are true, Britney Spears' dad was into uh, some pretty serious spy uh, stuff mm-hmm. with Britney, like recording in her bedroom, uh, monitoring her phone, seeing texts coming in and out. Super emails. creepy. Oh, yeah. And we're just asking, like, if you've ever been spied on. Uh, Dana thinks she was spied on by her ex, and she wants us to kind of help uh, decide whether or not he was actually spying. So what happened, Dana? Okay, so I I was dating this guy for, for a number of years, and it was a relatively unstable relationship. He was creepy. Um, I finally left the relationship, um, got the courage to leave the relationship, and it, it, within a year of of us breaking up he would just show up at different places where i i was and the biggest thing that made me wonder was um i had done a travel study course in cuba so i was gone for four months and the day that i got back from cuba he was on my doorstep so yeah that was super creepy um i didn't end up calling the police i actually ended up talking to his family and his family encouraged him to leave me alone. Um, but I'm pretty sure I don't like, how else would he be figuring out where I am all the time? Well, like, was there a common friend you had that he could have been getting inside information from? No, because none of my friends liked him. They actually despised him. (laughs) Okay. So who, like who all would have known you were coming back that day? Um, my parents who were out of town Okay. Um, my best friend who picked me up at the airport. Okay. With my boyfriend of the time and my other girlfriend that also came to, there were, there were three of them that came to the airport to pick me up. Dana, is it possible that your ex had been on your front step every day for <laughs> the last month prior to that? Uh, yeah. or? It's, it's highly, it's highly possible, but this guy was really creepy. Like even his own family told me numerous times you why are you dating this guy? He treats you like crap. Oh. His own family, right? So wait, but what I mean, did you say when he's on your doorstep? Oh, I, I just said, Hey, why are you here? Like he was he had a, a meter reader's outfit on with a with a meter reading machine saying that that's that's he was just reading our meter and he just happened to be here. And I said, Well, um, my boyfriend is on his way over, so you might want to leave. Wow. Which was a total lie. <laughs> yeah, so this guy wasn't doing that for a living, but somehow it, uh, well, creepy. Yeah, he was spying. <laughs> yeah, spying, yeah, spying for confirmed, sure. Yeah, confirmed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Dana, we're glad you've moved on, and I hope he's out of your life forever. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Yeah. Creepy. People are creepy. And it's and, too, you're right. It is too easy, too easy to now. spy on people oh, now. It is. Yeah. Creeps have, like, access to way too much technology. Yeah. The only time I ever tried to spy on somebody was, uh, and, it, and it was an epic fail, uh, was when I was selling my house for the first time. 
And I wanted to hear what people were saying about my house. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I set up like a, one of those old point and shoot cameras that had the recording. Uh-huh. The battery died before they even made it to the room where I was in. It was like, ah, oh, this would fail. But they, uh, people bought my house, so I guess they liked it. Oh, okay, well, there you go. They must have liked it. Because they weren't ripping on it. It'd be interesting if they're like, oh, I would pay up to 100000 over asking for this house. And I had that inside information, so I'd just be like, nope, not enough. Do you want to announce on Instagram that you are in a hot new relationship? All the celebrities are doing it. J-Lo and Ben, that's how they told the world they were together. It was on Instagram, right? It was on Instagram. Bundes, have you, uh, you're not Instagram official on your end, eh? Until there's a ring on that finger, like, there's no reason, there's no reason to say anything. (laughs) Well, if you did want to say something, here is how you soft launch your relationship on the gram. This is how you go Insta official. There is an art to it, guys. Okay, are you ready yeah. for step one? There we go. You know I love to do it in steps. Okay. Clap for the steps. Step one. <laughs> this is important. Define the relationship first with your partner. Always oh. have the talk first. <laughs> You don't want a messy deleting period that screams, I posted before we had the talk, and now I'm single. Yeah, right? awkward. That's you awkward, know, you for gotta, sure. You got to be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to post that, you know, you're my man. You cool with that? And then Bundes would be like, you know what? I'm not really cool with that. And then I'd be like, okay, good to know. I'm glad yeah, I yeah. asked you first, man. Yeah, nice. Woo. What about, oh. uh, is a Friday night lady friend, are you okay if she posts stuff with you? Yeah, that's fine. I okay. Just, you know, I I really I barely I I rarely post anything on social That's media. That's true. So it's I, it's not even a thought in my head to like post something online to make it official. It's just not it's not my nature. Gotcha. Did she ask you first if you were okay with it, or oh, did she ask no. you why you didn't repost? Perhaps. No, she knows that I don't. She knows. It. Okay, yeah. so it was already kind of. It was it was agreed upon really without Does she even saying anything. Ask you about the picture if she's posting a picture of you. Is she, she say, like, oh, are you okay with me. it? No, no. no okay. Oh she well, step two: agree on the photo ah. to help prevent a little drama. Okay. You don't want Bundes being like, I don't like the way I look in that picture, man. Take it down. Now all of a sudden, you got to delete the picture, and people are going to be like, oh, they broke up. Drama. Unnecessary drama. This is step three, and you're going to really appreciate this one, Bundus. Okay. Don't feel pressured to announce your relationship on social media. Yeah, let's hear it. It creates... It. Oh, yeah, crowd's going wild for that one. So your tip on how to announce your relationship on Instagram is don't feel like you have to announce your relationship on That's, Instagram? Uh, okay. I mean, it's not my tip. Okay. Oh, wow. They're, they're going nuts for this, one, for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it, studies have shown that Instagram creates unrealistic expectations for couples. So don't feel pressured to post. If, if, if you're feeling uncomfortable about it, that's okay. But let's say you do want to post. Okay, okay, number four. Here we go. You've got the okay on the picture. You've got the okay to post. Now you go slow. You start by subtly sharing clues with your followers about your new partner which is what Jennifer Lopez did with Ben Affleck before finally revealing the big secret. And it's up to you. Maybe that's a a series of stories before the post 
that creativity is totally personal. Hmm. Maybe the picture is like a group and you slowly zero in on the two of you right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Have fun with the buildup. Okay? Keep people in suspense. Keep them in suspense. So there you go. Some tips on how to soft launch your relationship on Instagram. You're welcome. Thanks, Maura. You're welcome. I appreciate that. What would you pay to own a pair of underwear from your favorite celebrity? Because a pair just went up for auction, and I am shocked at the amount of money that people would put down for this. And then what do you do? Do you wear them? Do you hang them? Do you frame them behind? Like, what do you what? DNA (laughs) testing. I don't don't know. uh, There's no person... Where I would pay to have their underwear. That's yeah, not my jam. It's not my jam either. But a pair of Michael Jordan's used boxers went up for auction over the weekend. They guaranteed that they had been worn. According to the listing, they showed evidence of definite use. Yeah, like what what does that mean? But no, they came with a little dry cleaning tag on them. So it wasn't for people who were like into creepy stuff. They said, you know, there's some loose threads in the underwear. So that's how they know that they had been definitely used. And there were 19 bids on these boxers. And somebody ended up winning the auction for $2,784 U.S. You know who that was? Michael Jordan. He's like, (laughs) nobody should own my used underwear. Nobody. That's so creepy. Yeah. They were provided by Jordan's friend and bodyguard. He was in the Last Dance documentary. So I assume he was okay with the whole thing because he provided some suits and coats and dress shirts and ties for the auction as well. But yeah, it just leaves me wondering, like, what do you do with them? Do you frame them? And you're like, oh, yeah, like the people have jerseys in their basement right. bar area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Michael Jordan's underwear. Or do you wear them because you think like they must have some sort of power? Right. If like one of the best athletes of all time wore them, perhaps it will elevate your game if you're wearing them as well. I bet you, though, that like that's like a reasonable Amount of money for a Michael for Michael Jordan memorabilia. Totally. Like, what do you think it's one of his game worn jerseys would sell for? I mean, you could have replica jerseys that have been signed by him, but a game worn because this was worn by Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. a game worn worn jersey would go for thousands more. Yes, you. Would I would assume, think you would assume. Yeah, if it was worn in a game, for sure it would be a big ticket item, especially if it was worn in like. A signature game, a winning game. Yeah. yeah, like a game everyone will remember for all time. So to a couple of grand and then you got the frame and you got the underwear. Uh, it's kind of a funny, jokey kind of... Uh, <laughs> I'm coming around on this you're, idea. You're At first this. I was like, why would you do that? Now I'm thinking about it. If my buddy, if I went down to his basement and he had it in behind glass, that would make me laugh every time. You guys want to know what kind of underwear they were? Like, are you curious what kind he likes to wear? Oh, is there, is there a brand that you can well, tell Well, they're us? Jordans. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess he had a line of underwear. But, you know, what kind of... Was he a tighty-whitey kind of guy? Did no, he boxer like... Boxer briefs. They're going to be tight boxers. What do you think, Bundes? Yeah, I'm going to go for dark color boxer brief. They were a light gray... And they were like the long boxer brief. So the ones that come like halfway down yeah, your quad, yeah. not the little stubbies. Light That's gray, eh? it's, Yeah, light gray is not a good color. <laughs> Living on the edge with light gray. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Are you? you better oh, have yeah. some clean ones nearby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always. 
good to know. Well, it's like imagine a light gray shirt on a hot day. <laughs> what happens to that? Right. <laughs> you know. Same thing, I guess. Yeah. Ever been out to dinner with a stingy tipper? It's not a good scene. Yeah. Not a good scene. Didn't you, didn't you almost end a friendship over something like that? Well, you know what? It was more the treatment of the staff. Okay. It's happened to me twice with friends that um, were really, really hard on servers. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, And then because you're at the same table... You're involved. It's almost like you yeah, are implicated. Yeah. I've had a friend, accessory to the crime. Accessory right to the there. crime. I've had somebody yelling at a server while we were sitting at the table, oh. which I like ripping a strip off them. And I thought I can, I can never go out with this person ever again. I think though some people mm-hmm. half of the fun for them yes. for going out is having someone wait on them, which to me is not at all what I enjoy about going out. You know, I'm there for the company. Mm-hmm. I'm there for good food and good drinks vibes, and stuff. Yeah. And I want the server to help, a co- you know, like facilitate that. But I'm not like, oh, it's so great. You have to serve me. Right. You know, I and, hear what you're saying. People are like that. People can be cold. But when it comes to tips, we're looking at baby boomers, Gen Xers and millennials. One generation is super stingy. All right. Any guesses as to what? I'm going to go baby boomers, but I could be wrong. Roughly half of North Americans believe the standard restaurant tip should be what? Uh, standard? Half? Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, it's a percentage. So what's 20. The, you're going to say 20. But well, is this, are you talking on the high end or the low? Oh, I guess it's half. So. The standard restaurant tip... 15, 15. 15. You guys are wrong! Oh, yeah? It's between 16 and 20. Okay, that's good. 50% of us believe it should be a substantial tip. The majority of baby boomers believe it's 10. That the tip should be between 16 and 20%. Oh, wow. So they are tipping really good. Okay. Now it's less. Gen uh, Xers, uh, the majority of them. A little bit less than that. Millennials, only 38% believe that the tip should be between 16 and 20%. The majority of millennials believe the standard gratuity is less than 15%. 17% of millennials say the standard tip should be 0 to 5%. So millennials, millennials are also less likely to say that they always tip. They really, it's actually the younger generation who feel like, ah, it's, uh, it's up to me whether I tip or not. Bundes, you're probably, uh, the hotter you are, the, probably the more you get, or what? Did you have a standard uh, yeah, number? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, generally, that's how it works. Um, I would say 18 is like standard for like, you know, regular thing. If yep. I go out and I'm having a night and my server is great, then like sometimes I, I'll tip her big, like way more than 20%. Nice. Um, you know, especially if I'm trying to get her number, you know? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, a $100 tip there. Oh. Yeah, right, because you want to be a little flashy, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also, like, totally fine not giving a tip if you're an ass to me for whatever reason. I mean, I had bad service once. I still tipped. You and still then, tipped? And then I found out, because we were part of a large group, 
that they included the tip in the price but didn't tell us. <laughs> oh, so they got double tip they got from double me. Tip yeah. For bad so service. probably the worst the worst <laughs> service I've had in like the last 10 years and I ended up giving them more than probably any other person I've ever tipped. Wow. Oh yeah, got that, shammed. They were smart. They that, got me. They that, got me. That happened to me with some buddies in the states. We were really drunk at a bar and we we had a table and we were ordering all these bottles and stuff. And uh, by the end of the night, we were all hammered, and we got the bill. And the tip, of course, was included in the bill. And this was a large bill, but we didn't realize that because we were all loaded. Oh, oh my yeah. god! So of course, we put another like five hundred dollar tip Ooh, on top of a no. bill. This girl made like over a grand oh. on this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she probably deserved it. Putting up with you guys, yeah, seriously. Right? <laughs> She's probably like that wasn't worth it. Actually. <laughs> Ever failed miserably at a job interview? Well, never again. I have the ways to answer the most difficult interview questions, according to a recruitment expert. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. Number one, tell me about yourself. Bundus, tell me about yourself. Uh, my name's Bundus. Uh, we're, no. No. <laughs> This this is a moment, Bundis, for you to be to the point and describe your qualifications and career history. Okay. And uh, a range of skills. Uh, ask me again, then. Oh my God. No. You already you, lost you, the job. You lost yeah, the job. Okay. okay. I'll get. Here's the next question. Tell me about your achievements. Well, Mara. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> Bundis. Just go into the job interview with an achievement in your mind that's work-related, by the way, not something else, and fairly recent. It can't be like 20 years ago, okay? Something that happened fairly recently, work-related. Number three, are you happy with your career up to date? So far, so good. Oh my God, he's failing miserably. (laughs) This is a trick question, okay? It's actually a self-esteem check. So the answer is always yes. And then focus on what made you happy about your career to date, okay? Number four, what's the most difficult situation you've had to face and how did you tackle it? That's a classic interview question. Bundes? Uh, This moment right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay, always select a difficult work situation that wasn't your fault. Oh, okay. interesting. Something that wasn't Some your... idiot. Yeah, yeah. Left everything in disarray. I had to come in and clean, clean it, it up. Clean it up and yeah. how you cleaned it up, okay? And the last one. Yeah. What's your greatest weakness? Oh, this is such Bundes? a loaded question. I worked right? too hard more. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's you everybody's answer. You know what? I'm going to give you a yes on that one because... Oh, good for you. You never... You want to say a weakness that's also a strength that could be considered a strength. So I'm, I'm type A, you know. Sometimes, like, people, sometimes people like me too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they just want to hang out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the example they give is like, oh, I'm really demanding on my team, you know, I'm, but I'm getting much better at making sure the workload is divided equally. So like, you know, you're a tough boss, but you it, they want to hear something positive even though they're asking you for your weakness, okay? Yeah, they don't want to hear you say like, I, I suck at this, I can't do this. I really have trouble waking up on time and getting into work in the morning. I mean, I get in eventually, but it's yeah. a struggle for yeah. me. I'm a night person, yeah. not a morning person. They don't want honesty in that moment. No. So there you go. That's, That's the problem with job interviews. It's all just a bunch of like garbage. It's, it's how you spin it. It's how you spin the answer to every single question. Wow. Okay. Good luck. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.